those of you who are staying in the service, please turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter. I know, I know, I know that's what we're in on Sunday night, but we're, listen, God's put something on my heart this morning. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter. Well, I've already heard that message. No, this is a different message. Calm down, Angie, calm down. Calm down. If you look around, be in prayer for those who, there are a lot of people who are out of town, uh, a lot of people who are gone to graduation celebrations, my wife being one of them. Uh, of course, she's seeing, she's seeing the grandbabies this morning, which is, Ricky, that's not fair, is it? But she's seeing the grandbabies this morning, but y'all, y'all, y'all be in prayer for all those who are out of town. Last week, we came to understand what it looked like when a person was following God. Then when they were following God, their desire was the same as God's. We looked at the 23rd Psalm knowing full well that it was written by a man who was David who failed God miserably, yet was now walking with God at the time that he wrote that particular psalm. The psalm taught us that a person walking with God understood that Jesus was his shepherd. Amen? And if you're a child of God, if you're a true Christian, you understand that Jesus is your shepherd, not you. Too many people try to take the staff and walk on their own when it should, be, should remain in Jesus' hands. Amen? Now, we, we learned that when Jesus is our shepherd, we lack nothing. He leads, guides, and directs our lives with absolute perfect harmony. We learned that if we walk with God, we will have a happy life, experience a happy death, and we'll have a happy eternity with God forever. We do not have to be miserable or, or live in fear. If, if, we do, if we don't choose to, to walk with God, we're going to, though. This morning, I'm going to attempt to preach a message that I believe, if heard and understood, could very well change the hearts of every single person in this world. Every single person. If we all know that the lost world needs Jesus, amen? They do, and it's, it's more and more every day. But what we do not know is why they will not accept him as their Lord and Savior. The reason the lost world will not accept Jesus is the reason for this sermon. So some of y'all, you know, write this down. Now, I, I want to tell you before I read the scripture, this is a very unusual sermon. Y'all, y'all it, it's, it's kind of the first part of the sermon, it's, it's kind of dark. But I want you to hold on because there are, there's a reason why I feel like God has led me to do this. Now, some of y'all are going to like this because y'all like this kind of stuff. I don't, but God led me to do it, so I'm going to do it. Amen? Y'all all right with that, right? Well, I'm glad because I was going to do it anyway. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And Peter writes, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might, might live for righteousness. By his wounding, you have been healed. For you are, were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, as we come to you again this morning, we ask you again, Lord, to please forgive us of our sins and where we fail you. We pray that you would cleanse us of our sins right now, that we might be receptive to the word that you have preached here this morning. God, open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. 
Open our hearts that we might feel your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, help us to see each individually how this message applies to us this morning. That we might be greater Christians when we walk through these doors. That we might be of greater service to you. In Jesus' name I do pray and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Now again, I, I want to tell you, what I'm getting ready to talk about is kind of dark. But there's a reason, okay? Y'all hold on, all right? Don't, don't go to sleep because there's not enough. I see you if you're asleep today. There's not enough of you in here, all right? I'll wake you up. Now, this morning, the first thing I want to do is I, I want to describe some unbelievable crimes to humanity. Now, we see a lot of stuff that's taking place in America today, and we shake our heads. We're just like, I can't believe this. I cannot, I cannot believe this is taking place. Two or three of y'all, anytime something happens on a world, uh, in the world or in America that just shocks you, it seems like when you find out about it, you, you send the pastor a text. I, and I'm glad you do because I don't know. I don't have a clue. But things shock us. And it, it, we're coming to the point, Dan, where things happen and we're just like, it doesn't affect us anymore. I mean, terrible things. And, and we're just like, well, yeah, that happened yesterday too. Like yesterday, there, there was a mass shooting in two different locations, and we're just like, oh, well, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's another one. It's another one. We're, we're getting cold and dull. But this morning, I, I want to speak of some unbelievable crimes against humanity. Okay? Y'all ready? There was a man by the name of Ted Bundy years ago. He was an American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered numerous young women and girls during the 1970s and possibly earlier. After more than a decade of, of denials, he confessed to more than 30 homicides committed in seven states between 1974 and 1978. His true victim total is unknown and believed by some investigators to be higher Biographer Ann Rule described Bundy as a sadistic sociopath who took pleasure from, from another human's pain and, and the control he had over his victims to the point of death. And even after, he, he, was once, described, he once described himself as the most cold-hearted person you'll ever meet. Uh, attorney Paul, Polly Nelson uh, a member of his, his last defense team called him the very definition of heartless evil. Some of y'all were alive then. During his killing spree, 74 to 78, I was, you know, four years old at 74 and eight years old at 78. I, I don't remember when it was taking place, but I remember all the news stories. I remember my parents talking about it when the Charlotte Observer would come. That's, that's a newspaper for y'all. We, we used to have newspapers every day. But they would, you know, read and talk about it. I, I do remember that. Now, I, I want you to understand something here before I go any further. As I'm reading the commentary of what I've found out, I, I am lightening it because of the audience. Okay? What I just read, some of you are like, hey, that's not, yeah, it's much worse than that, but I mean, I have toned it down. Okay? Th this, this dude was bad. He was bad, very bad, but he's not the only one. Now, there's a, another one that they have, I think they're doing a documentary on right now, 
on Netflix or something. His name is John Wayne Gacy. Now, I don't understand why you'd want to watch that. I don't. Honey, listen, I can't wait for you to come home. I'm going to have dinner cooked when you get here. Yeah, listen, we're having lima beans and rice, and we're having marinated pork chops, and I've got some cornbread, just good kind of cornbread in the, in, the, in the oven right now. We're going to eat dinner so we can sit down early and watch the documentary on John Wayne Gacy. Now, I don't want to, I, listen, I don't want you to raise your hand and tell me, I, 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 just, I can't watch that stuff. Listen, listen to John Wayne Gacy. He was an American serial killer and sex offender known as the killer. See, Dan, why do you know that, Dan? See, Michelle, who are you living with? He was known as the killer clown who assaulted and murdered at least 33 young men and boys. Gacy regularly performed at children's hospitals and charitable events as Pogo the Clown. Dan, did you know it was Pogo? Okay, I'm just checking. Or Patches the Clown. See, Jennifer, that's why you don't like clowns, right? I, okay, I, I got you, I got you. Patches the Clown, he, his, his personas he, he had devised. He was also... Active in his local community as a political party precinct captain. Y'all can imagine which one. And building contractor. 26 victims were buried in the crawl space of his home. 26. I know when y'all come to my house sometimes y'all probably spit like, they need to wash their dogs. Colin, you probably, they need to wash their dogs. Can you imagine how do you disguise 26 bodies buried in the crawl space of his home and three others were buried elsewhere on his property? Four were discarded in the, the Plains River. This was a bad guy. He's bad. Here's another one. Anybody want to take a guess who the next one is? I think I heard somebody say it. Jeffrey Dahmer, also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee monster. He was convicted, he is a convicted American serial killer and sex offender who committed the murder and dismemberment of 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Many of his later murders involved cannibalism. I mean, it wasn't bad enough that he'd killed you, now he's going to eat you. Nasty. And, and it was, he was worse than that. The, the permanent per, uh, preservation of body parts was one of the things that he would do. Typically, all or part of the skeleton. Ricky, he would kill you, eat you, and save your bones. That's a bad dude. He's bad. Here's another one. Donald Henry Pee Wee Gaskins. Now, I saved him for, for last because I'm going to tell you something. There's somebody in this congregation who's related to this dude. And I'm scared of this person. I really am. I keep my distance. I love him, but I, listen, James, I keep my distance, all right? Donald Henry Pee Wee Gaskins was an American serial killer from South Carolina, my home state. As a young man, Gaskins was reported or repeatedly arrested for robbery and rape. In 1955, he escaped from prison and found work with a, guess what, a traveling carnival. 
Jennifer, I'm starting to get afraid of clowns now. Gaskins was charged in 1976 with eight charges of murder after an associate told police officers that he had confessed to multiple murders. Police found eight buried bodies on his property in Prospect, South Carolina. While awaiting the death sentence, listen, he was, he was Sharon, he was in jail on death row. While he was awaiting his death sentence, he killed a fellow inmate on death row with a small explosive. How do you get small explosives? But he killed him. He was put to death in September 6, 1991 with an undisclosed number of how many people he may have, put, have, have, have killed. Now, church, the people that we just spoke about committed unspeakable crimes against humanity. Will you not all, will you all agree? Unspeakable crimes against humanity. And these are the ones who were caught. I'm sure there's many more that we, we will never know of that have never been caught. History has recorded their known acts, their known acts, and they will go down in history as monsters. As I researched the top, topic of American serial killers, I spoke of only four out of a list of 47 people. Four out of 47. That, that's how many history records in America. 47 serial killers who wreaked havoc in this country during their lives. I am in no way trying to glamorize these people. To be quite honest, I, I do not like horror movies or shows that deal with serial killers like Criminal Minds. I do not like that junk. I don't. Some of y'all watch it. It's, it's just too heavy for me. My mind cannot seem to rest after watching that junk. Now, why then? Why am I going here today? Why have I spoken of these people? Church, their crimes are unfathomable. They really are. 27 bodies in the duck, I mean, in the, in the floorboard of your house tray. Come on. I mean, you don't hide bodies in there. I mean, come on. You don't. You have a backhoe in your backyard. Now, we know who they were and what they did. But can I tell you that what they did pale in comparison to the crime that I'm about to tell you about? What they did pales in comparison to the crime that I'm getting ready to talk about. And this crime has many possible guilty parties, but not one has ever been convicted of this crime. Can you imagine that? Not one person, Kim, has ever been convicted of the crime. Well, what is the crime that's, that's worse than all the others that, that you've spoken of this morning? You, you may be asking. You, you ready? Everybody with me? Do I have your attention? Listen, I, everybody's, look, y'all, y'all are, look, Cameron's, look, Cameron, hey. What's worse than this crime? You ready? Here we go. The torture and crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the one and only true Son of God. Brother Kerry, the Son of God, God allowed His Son in the spirit form to take on flesh, come to this earth, be born in meekness and in humility, to, to, to grow up, 
to, to do unbelievable things for the glory of God that man might notice and accept him. He never sinned. Y'all have already sinned this morning. He never sinned. He was falsely accused. He was beaten, battered. He was, Scripture says, he was beaten so bad that you could not recognize who he was. And then he was put on a Roman torture device. And for hours he hung there while fluid filled his lungs and, and, and fluid filled around his heart. And eventually he died. He gave up the ghost. He conditionally, he, he died on his own accord that death. Not one person's ever been convicted of his death. Not one. But if we come to find out who the guilty party was that murdered Jesus, it, it might help us, but it really might help the lost world to understand that they need Jesus. So we have a line of suspects. Trey, now you, you help me with this, I mean, because he's our police officer. We have a line of suspects. Now, you do know that there's a long list of people who are considered guilty of killing Jesus, right? Right? Great debates have occurred. Arguments and even wars fought because people disputing over who killed Jesus. So, who is on this possible list of suspects this morning? The number one person on the list and I don't have these in any particular order. There's not one that's greater than the other because they all could possibly be guilty. But the number one person on the list of suspects is Barabbas. Y'all know Barabbas. Y'all know the story. When, when Jesus stood before Pilate and Pilate, you know, he wasn't real happy. He, he didn't really want to kill Jesus. He said, you know, you Jews have a custom of releasing somebody on the day before Passover. Uh, who do you want to release, Barabbas or Jesus? Barabbas or Jesus? And the crowd cried out, Barabbas. Barabbas. Now, I wonder, Trey, in my mind, if Barabbas could have said, listen, you know, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm guilty. I, I'm guilty. Y'all know I'm guilty. Two days ago, you hated me, and I mean, y'all were glad to put me where I was, and y'all knew that I was going to die, and you were happy for that. But now, this Jesus guy, I, I don't know him personally, but I mean, how could you not have lived in that day and not heard of what Jesus was doing? I've heard of what Jesus is doing, and, and I listen, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm guilty I deserve to die. Y'all let Jesus go. So there are some who say that Barabbas possibly could have stood up and said, no, 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 no. He, he's guilty. He's guilty of the death or killing Jesus. There, there's another on this list. And again, this is not in any particular order. But Caiaphas, the high priest of that time. Y'all remember a few years ago on Easter, I, I preached the message on who was the most evil person in Scripture. And a lot of y'all said Judas, and a lot of y'all had different other... But I showed you in Scripture where Caiaphas was, and, and in my eyes, considered the most evil person in Scripture. And this is why. Because he had prophesied and he had knowledge that Jesus was the Son of God, and that one man, it was profitable for one man to die for all. He knew this, and he knew that Jesus lined up, and Jesus was that man, and he chose to kill him. 
He did everything in his power as the high priest at that time to kill Jesus. Everything. He orchestrated everything. He pushed everything along. Caiaphas, as the high priest, Ricky, you recall Easter Sunday, I gave y'all 10 things that should have released Jesus according to Jewish law. That they broke 10 of their own laws to kill Jesus. And at any time, Caiaphas could have stopped that as high priest, but he didn't. Is he the person who is guilty of killing Jesus? Well, he's, he's on the list. And then we've got another one. Number three, Pilate. Pilate. Now, if you think about the whole orchestration of the, the trial of Jesus and the death of Jesus, each person had individual knowledge of what was taking place, but not the whole situation. Bill Pilate knew everything. He knew it all. There wasn't a piece that was missing that Pilate didn't know. Now, he did. We have to give Pilate credit where credit's due, right, Mr. Holman? He tried. He tried. He said, listen, guys, I, 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 I don't see anything that he's done. I, I've got to release him. And then they said, no. And he went back and he says, okay, look, they're not, they're not going to let me release you. So I'm, I'm just going to discourage you a couple of times, two or three times, and then I'm going to try and release you again. And, and Jim, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear that happen again. But Pilate knew it all. He, he could have, he, oh, he, he was the, the man in charge at this time. He was over Caiaphas. He could have, he could have said, listen, this is just a bunch of junk. Y'all people are crazy. You're breaking your own laws. You're not going to make me break mine. This man is innocent. Get, get him out of here. But he didn't. Scripture tells us why. You know why? Because he feared the who? The Jews. He feared the Jews because if they had an uprising, he himself would have been killed for not being able to, 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 to quiet the uprising. Jerusalem, they were sick of Jerusalem and Rome. So Pilate, it must be Pilate, right, Miss Dale? Yeah, I mean, it had, listen, if it, if it wasn't Barabbas and if it wasn't Caiaphas, surely it had to have been Pilate. Or how about this? Let, let's look at a larger group. How about the Romans in general? The Romans were about law. They had a law that was called what? Pax Ramona, which says keep the peace. Keep the peace. Does this sound like they were keeping the peace? I mean, you would think as, as an outsider looking in, those who were Roman citizens saw all of this commotion taking place. And they, somebody, at least one person should have stood up. And I've, uh, listen, according to law, one person should have stood up and said, no, he's innocent before they found him guilty. But they didn't. The Romans, the Roman people should have. Listen, we ought to revolt against all of, Well, there's not any Romans, so we can't do that. Right? But they're guilty. The whole nation of Rome. Well, if it wasn't, it wasn't Barabbas, it wasn't Caiaphas, it wasn't Pilate, it wasn't the Romans, then we know it had to be the Jews because they are the ones who pushed the point. And do you know there's, there have been wars fought over, between Jews and Christians and, and Jews and different, than, over who killed Jesus. There are still some people in their mind who call themselves Christians who are resentful towards Jews and the Jewish nation because they killed Jesus. That's crazy, isn't it? Did I mention, you know, in Scripture, the Jews and the Jewish nation are called 
God's chosen people. And God's chosen people were instrumental in killing God's son. Surely, surely. I mean, help me, Trey. I mean, you've, you've investigated. I mean, surely they have to be the ones who are guilty of killing Jesus, right? Right? Last one possible. You know, we looked at the Jewish nation, but let's look at the greatest court in the Jewish nation. The greatest court in the Jewish nation is called the what? I love y'all. See, these are my Wednesday nights. We're going to get back to Wednesday night soon. The Sanhedrin. The great court. The Sanhedrin. They, they knew of everything that took place in the life of Jesus, and they could have stopped it. They should have stopped it. But the only reason they did not stop it is because they would lose position and power. They would have to give up their right, their claim as God's people, and give it to the one and only Son of God. And they didn't want to do that. So they went to extra. Can you imagine your, 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 your mindset of who you are in God's sight is so high that you kill the Son of God? That, that's mind-blowing. It had Listen, it had to have been one of those. Barabbas, Caiaphas, Pilate, the Romans, Jews, the Sanhedrin. It had to have been one of those. Each and every one of these people or groups of people are guilty of the torture and killing of Jesus. But none of them can be convicted solely as the ones who killed Jesus. Gary, they're all guilty. But they can't solely be convicted as the ones who killed Jesus. Now, I know that right now somebody is, is asking themselves or thinking to themselves, what difference does it make who killed Jesus? What, what difference does it make who it was that killed Jesus? Church, it makes all the difference in the world. Because if the world knew exactly who it was, they might very well find it easier to accept Jesus as their Savior. So, so who was it? Who was it is, is the most responsible for the torture and death of Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God? Who is it this morning? Let's look at, let's look at 1 Peter again, chapter 2 and verse 24. Scripture says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for ourselves. By his wounding, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Church, Every man who has ever walked the face of this earth and will ever walk the face of this earth is guilty of the torture and death of Jesus Christ, the one and only true Son of God. And only through salvation can you be, can you be freed from this sin debt. Miss Sue, that means you're guilty. You're, you're the most guilty. Savannah, you're the most guilty. Dan, you are the most guilty. Trinity, you're the most guilty. Brandon, you're the most guilty. Jim, you are the most guilty. Brother Kyle, why, why is it that I need to understand that I'm the most guilty? You need to understand, I need to understand that we are guilty. We're free only through the blood of Jesus when we accept him as our personal Savior. But until that point, we are guilty. 
We are guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And listen, that, that needs to hang with us. You know, I, I, I did see the premiere for that, that documentary of John Wayne Gacy. And, and I'll never forget the pictures they showed of him. And they interviewed him after they, 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 they arrested him in jail sometime before he was executed. And Jennifer, there was no remorse in his face whatsoever at all. There was nothing about him that felt sorry for what he had done. And listen to me. I think that's where we are as Christians today. Listen, we are. If we are blood-bought child of the king, we, we are freed from that sin debt. But we ought to look at that on a daily basis and remember who we were that we never be that person again. Our sin nailed Jesus to the cross. And he willingly went there because of his love for us. And I don't understand that love. I really don't. We are guilty. We are guilty of killing Jesus, most of all. Church, do you understand that Jesus did all that he did because of his love for us? That's unfathomable. Do, do you know that all of what, all he wants us to do is accept him as your personal Savior, and live for Him each day. That's not too, too much to ask. Can you imagine? I mean, that's all. Colin, that's all Jesus wants. He wants us to accept Him and live for Him. And if we'll do that, we'll, we'll live with Him all through all, all eternity. Accept Him and live for Him. Have you done that today? Have you done that today? Have you accepted Him as your personal Savior? Are you living for him today? Will you do that this day? Listen to me. Whether you're in this sanctuary or you're watching us online, whether you're watching us online right now or two days or 20 days from now, listen, do you know my Jesus? You can. Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, as we come to you this morning, we ask you to forgive us of our sins again where we fail you. Help us, Lord, right now, each of us to see ourselves as you see us. And during this time of invitation, if there's somebody in this sanctuary this morning who does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray, Lord God, that you would give them the boldness to right now walk down this aisle. Let me show them what Scripture says every person must do to be born again. Give them the strength to walk down this aisle, Lord. God, if there's somebody who's watching this, this sermon right now, God, I pray that sometime today that they'll pick up their phone and they'll call 843-226-1077 and talk to me and let me show them what Scripture says each person must do to be born again. God, all you want us to do is accept you and live for you. Help each one of us to do that today. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? Will you come as the music plays? Will you come?